All right, what's up, everybody? Uh, let's talk about what happened uh, so far. This is this is through Sunday. We're not even at July fourth yet, but July fourth weekend. So KD has not been traded yet, but we could discuss the other elements um, before that inevitable day occurs. Element one, I want to first get to the Celtics Malcolm Brogdon deal. Um, obviously, a big Celtics fan. And just want to give you know further color on this. <clears throat> so first, the Celtics have three guys now uh, who are, and like look, we could be nitpicky about the height, six four, six five, uh, but are, are essentially combo guards who could play point guard. Um, and it's kind of like an NBA. You're, you're you have one true position, and you could play another position, right? Just because. You, just because you have position flexibility doesn't mean there's not an ideal position for you, right? So I, I do believe for all three, Brogdon, White, and Smart, they're all traditionally point guards. Now, look, they're better off, those three, maybe not as much Brogdon, but definitely the other two, being in a lineup with like a point forward, right? So if you had, you know, Tracy McGrady, Evan Turner, Andre Godala, those those guys in their in their heyday, those guys make more sense with a player like that. The problem is when you have three of them, that means inevitably they're going to be paying more minutes at the two. And while that's nice, they're not. They could play the two. That's not their like traditional best position. Smart actually proved it. Right? Everyone was saying, "Oh, the Celtics need a traditional point guard." They bucked that trend, and like, look, they almost won the finals. And obviously, they had to cut down on turnovers and a ton of turnovers, which ended up costing them. But, you know, I wouldn't call it a fluky series. I would just say, like, you know, learning is, is important and they could develop with that chemistry, right? Uh, so, the first issue with bringing up Brogdon is I always bring this example, and it's a baseball example with like Mike Messina, right? I don't know why I use him, but I use him because I remember probably the last year I was really closely following Celtics, uh, Red Sox for agency. Uh, they had a decision. They were, they were supposed to get Mike Messina from Baltimore. Everyone was really excited. And uh, the Yankees got him. And then Manny Ramirez was like our consolation prize, which ended up working out. But it's kind of the notion, like, if you're going to sign Mike Messina and you tell him, hey, you can't use your knuckle curve, use every other pitch, is he really worth it? And he's great at these other pitches, right? He's got other pitches besides a knuckle curve. But is he worth the salary you're going to pay him if he's not utilizing this huge element, which is the knuckle curve, as part of a slew of pitches. Similarly, is it worth getting Brogdon or keeping, you know, paying what you did for White, you know, um, keeping smart, all that stuff, if they're primarily going to be playing shooting guard? Now, two of them are, right? And by the way, Pritchard's in this boat as well, right? So now all these four guys are nice players, but you're going to have to force a lot more minutes for them to be playing shooting guard than you normally would have. So they pigeonholed uh, them in that way in the rotation. Now look, if I were running the Celtics rotation with Brogdon, I, I would say of those guys who do I feel confident playing shooting guard or you know putting them in that role, yeah, it's probably Marcus Smart to start, and you don't do the two bigs thing. Okay, so what do I mean? All right, well, basically, you would go Brogdon, Smart, Brown, Tatum, Horford. Okay, 
And, and I, I do that because Robert Williams can come off the bench, and I think that lineup, while they're a little small, um, really great ball movement on, on O, great perimeter D. But he runs two bigs. And Smart's going to start again. So, like, what's the point? He's going to have Brogdon at sixth man. Now you've made White a little more useless, and you just moved assets for White. So either the deal, if you're going to play the same lineup you just did, either the deal diminishes White's role, or you're forcing Smart at the two, which is probably the lesser of those evils. Either way, it's diminishing another role, right? And the other thing, too, is, like, chemistry is a very sensitive thing. And the Celtics expanded their core over the course of the playoffs, right? We could say, obviously, you know, going in, Tatum and Brown were, were a huge part. But Marcus Smart has really placed himself now as part of that core. And I would say it wouldn't shock me if the Celtics started the season extremely well and were a top two seed in the East, that Smart starts getting some all-star consideration. Not so silly. He won Defensive Player of the Year, right? Kind of the same vein that Draymond Green recently made all, you know, has made all-star teams in the past, right? Doesn't showcase big numbers, but if you're averaging in the teens and you're considered one of the best perimeter defenders in the game, you're going to get all-star consideration if your team is is among the top of the conference. And getting Brogdon pissed Smart off because, like, all the crap around the Celtics in the finals was this notion that they needed a traditional point guard. That's what everybody was talking about. And the Celtics looked like they had Smart's back. No, he's our point guard, right, all this. And he looked, look, look, he improved drastically on his decision-making. It was still a problem in the finals. Like, I agree. They needed a, a cleaner point guard there who could cut down the turnovers. But you don't want to diss one of your core chemistry guys. And there's other ways to do it. So, you know, now you're just – so Smart wasn't so happy about it. But, again, just, for, just in terms of, like, ass allocation, you don't want to get guys, if you like certain players, like Derek White was very valuable for them through the playoffs. You don't want to overrate a series – Right, like they played Golden State. I, I here's my take on that series, and, and after thinking about it, you know, this has been having even been a month, about a month since you know they lost to Golden State. Is the Celtics, <clears throat> you know, really weren't a consistent basketball team over the course of the playoffs? They played incredibly well, I would say, against Brooklyn. That was probably their best series, and then they got slightly worse and worse each series they played. And they played to the um, to the talent level of of their opposition too much, right? Like sweeping Brooklyn's ridiculous. Now the Milwaukee series, you know, Middleton, and, and they probably, you know, that, that was pretty well done. They didn't need seven to beat Miami, and Golden State they needed to be they needed to close out certain games. You can't can't make these kind of errors. And I think they'll just learn that. I I wouldn't say they needed. Drastic changes. But now you're paying Brogdon this much. He's got to get minutes. And now you're asking Aduko to really, you know, figure this out. He's a good ball mover. I get it. But, again, like, you can't force Aduko to play the one big. And, you know, and you needed a wing. You needed, like, a backup wing. Look, the move that I would have done, and, and like, with the way you got to look at 
free agency and, and you know, resource allocation is kind of when you look at dieting, right? Whenever you do these diet plans, like I've been on a few, right? And it's like, eat this, not that. So they take like two elements and one's just like a better bang for your buck calorie-wise than the other. So a classic example is like, you know, instead of eating like Friendly's vanilla ice cream, try this like fat-free, low-fat or whatever, Greek yogurt, vanilla Greek yogurt, or frozen Greek yogurt, right? So that to me is like the version. So like Alec Burks, who could have easily been had, super underrated, you don't need to move the asset to get him. I get it. The Knicks were desperate. They wanted to clear cap. They could try to squeeze an asset. They got it from, uh, you know, Detroit did it instead. But if I'm the Celtics and they were offered this, I would have just taken Burks, right? He could play a little point guard. He's he's a jack of all trades. It's like Tim Wakefield. He could play a lot of different roles. Let him be your backup wing. You don't have to move Naismith. And, like, look, if you're like, no, we, we still want to make a big move, then you make a different move than Brogdon. But at least you get Burks in there. You fulfill, like, that backup wing role, which is huge. The issue now is it's a little funky given that you're not going to play because you got rid of, rid of Tice, right? Given that the Celtics are, are going to go with two bigs, this and, and you're, you're going to have too many lineups now where you have to play two small guards a boatload of minutes. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a big, big problem. So that's on the Brogdon front. Okay. That's on the Brogdon front. Let's talk about the Rudy Gobert trade. Now, actually, before I even do that, like, so yeah, like, look, and then if you're saying to me, well, well, we can, we could package someone to get a better player. Look, I, it, it, I think the Celtics actually need a little more umph, right? Like, I'm fine. They need, like, a, a wing who can play mix. So you get Burks. The guy I would have looked at, like, I'm not saying this is the guy, but, like, if I'm looking at a deal for Indiana, I could have gotten Buddy Heald, who could have given me a big offensive boost, right? He's a ball mover. He could he could create a little bit. And I didn't have to deal any of the pieces you mentioned. I didn't have to deal Naismith. I could have done the pieces you said, and, like, as just a second-rounder, or not even. I could have probably done Tice and Naismith, kept my pick, and got on Buddy Hill easily. And that fit is way better. Way better. Right? But no. And that, that bolsters the bench, right? You could easily have gone with Smart. You could have done two bigs. It's very frustrating and um, unfortunate. All right, let's talk about the Minnesota-Utah deal. Um, a lot of people were initially you know, raving about this for Utah. Talent's that powerful. Totally makes sense. Um, and I, I think this is a classic case of there's a bunch of things here. First of all, Minnesota was a young team. Was is the key component here, right? They had just won a play-in game against the Clippers. Got super amped. And, and look, had a competitive series against Memphis. Fine. This all happened. Great. Here's the problem. This is a one-game playoff. I could have gone a lot of different ways. Let's just You have to be honest with yourself um, in the NBA as, as a GM and as a team. And... 
the honesty here is that the Wolves weren't there yet. They're just not there yet. They, they made a playing game. Like, this was a deal that Memphis did, who, you know, Gary Payne doesn't come back on that series. Maybe it's a little deeper, but they had a great series. The type I'm not saying Memphis should have gone after Rudy Gobert. I want to be clear. But I'm saying Memphis had more um, reason to do a win-now type move. But it definitely, I'll tell you who did it, was, was, was Minnesota. A couple of things. First of all, it's important to realize why you're good. All right? And I don't think Minnesota fully grasped why they were good. So Towns has a good year. And, and uh, you, when you're a veteran of the league, you've been in the league for as long as Towns has, you know, like at least five, seven years or whatever. It's rare that, like, it's not like, it's kind of like the Julius Randle thing with the Knicks. Like, if a guy has one fluky good year, maybe it's fluky. Let's let's be careful about that. Now, I get it. Towns has, you know, been there for a while. He was the best player on bad teams for a reason. Look, in the NBA, I always say this. There's three components. Quitting your own shot. Okay. Quitting your own shot. Um, defensive flexibility. Right. And um, being able to shoot. So Towns, great offensive talent. But if I'm going to pay him the amount that um, that he got, first of all, he better be doing a little more defensively. Like, he's a train wreck on D. It's, he still is. I'm sorry. He is. And then, on top of that, his offense, the reason why he's so good offensively, is because he plays the five. So, sure, for a center, his offense is oppressive. So, now two things he did. But now his power four, there's going to be a lot more small ball fours. Right, you guys like Paul George or Kawhi Leonard are going to play some four. Pascal Siakam, you have a lot of guys who could play the four and just take their man off the dribble. So now you've created, while Towns is a bad defender, you've created a bigger defensive issue. And then finally, the guys you moved, forget the picks and all that, the guys you moved helped you and your youth um, ele- elevated them, right? So two guys. First of all, Patrick Beverly was a huge veteran presence for the team, they're really going to miss him. He helped really amplify the youth rebuild. Second, Vanderbilt, Jared Vanderbilt. One of the most underrated defenders in the league. Don't play to the market perception of him. He's really, really valuable. So losing him, you get worse defensively. I can make the argument with without the picks. It's a bad deal for the Wolves. And then finally, let's talk about the guy you got, Rudy Gobert. Okay, great. Gobert's a great regular season guy. Because in the regular season, you don't have to scout. Uh, or so you don't have the luxury of having so much event scouting for matchups. So you're not going to be able to pick apart what pick and roll uh, rotation works well against Gobert. But he's been played off the court in playoff series because he's a defensive-minded center who can't always come out cleanly on the perimeter. And that's it. In the end of the day, if you're a center that I can't come out of the perimeter. That's a problem on defense. And he's, he's over 30. I mean, he's flirting with 30. He's over 30, right? He's been in the league for a while. So why am I going to spend that many resources to get a guy who maybe helps me win in the regular season, but is going to hurt me in the playoffs? And I got rid of picks to do it, and I got rid of veteran defenders who help me for now and amplify my youth. Oh, and by the way, Walker Kessler, let's just not sneeze at him, right? You haven't even seen this guy. 
he could be a great 3 and D5. He could have fit real well as, like, a backup 5 in that rotation. Just try to roll out the season. My God. Like, Gobert's not the only guy that does this in the league. Like, if you felt later down the line that you needed to get a, a, a center or a big or a defender, there's, like, Capella, there's guys available. You didn't have to splurge for Rudy Gobert. Play the season out, see how everything develops. And then finally, like, they don't know why they're, they're good or bad. So Towns, as I mentioned, overrate, overrated. He's not he's good, but that salary and, and down to double down in your mistake of how we build around him, overrated. And they'll, they'll see. They'll see how they do have power. Uh, him does a power for it. But the guy you had to get rid of in that lineup, and I get that he's kind of a negative, is D'Lo, D'Angelo Russell. He's not helpful. You have Anthony Edwards. That, that I agree with, right? You have to create a, a great lineup for Edwards. Well, this is way too just jumping the gun. We're so excited. We were so amped to remotely feel the playoffs. Ownership kind of jumping it, and it's a bad deal. It's just a bad deal. I don't know how else you slice and or dice. Um, but, yeah. Look, we'll see uh, what they end up doing here. And now they're going to have to create. And now what ends up happening is if you move picks, you create a double down impact. What do I mean? Well, now, um, you know, you're going to have to do more moves if you don't achieve what you think you're going to achieve. That's uh, that's the problem. And, look, we'll see how the rest goes. And the next time we'll see if KD gets dealt. I want to get that one.